Now playing comes a podcast from two brothers. My name is Christian Durand. And I'm Pedro Durand. About the movies that raised them. When I die, uh, are you telling me that you built a time machine? Kind of a DeLorean? From the laugh out loud comedies to the explosive 90s action flicks. Welcome to Earth. The heartwarming animated classics to the tear-jerking Oscar bait dramas. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion. And now, grab your popcorn, sit back, and enjoy the Duran Brothers Movie Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Duran Brothers Movie Podcast. My name is Christian Duran. And I'm Pedro Duran. And we are the Duran Brothers. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, make sure to like, share, subscribe, rate, and review. Always helpful. Uh, we're here to talk about the movies that raised us. I th- I think that's, that sounds yeah. about right, right? Yeah. Movies that raised us, movies that we love. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like the past couple ones we've done has just been about like the forgotten movies that we've uh, we remember from our childhood. I mean, we have a bond that's... Uh, linked by movies in a very strong way so what'd you see this week um that is a good question what have i what did i see this week um man it's funny i've seen a lot of shit so i don't i, I get all blurs <laughs> into to a while um yeah. i started just watching have movies on typically no if i no 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 not really because I, if i put a movie on i'm going to sit down and watch it if i put something on in the background it might be a television show like sci-fi i'll put it on the back or the simpsons sure. or or i'll put on uh, some music or a podcast um unless it's something that i mean typically no unless it's something i've seen a million million times and that'll yeah. be like the like the dark knight or something like that but as far as Things I, I've watched. Um, I started watching All uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, um, mm-hmm. the new one, um, and that was. I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. I was. I didn't finish it because I was quite bored with it. Um, yeah. I because I, I, I wanted to watch, watch. Excuse me. I wanted to watch it just obviously because it's the Oscar buzz and it's a nominated movie for Best Picture, and wanted to see if it was really worth it. And um, you know, it's a beautiful movie. It, um, it's it's really. Uh, impressive production design, but I just kind of found it really boring. I couldn't get into it. I, I just didn't captivate me. And, it, and, it's, and it's funny because there are um, moments of extreme violence in it. And I was like, oh shit, I didn't expect that. But um, I just, I just, I don't know. Maybe I was just in the mood. I want to, I'm going to finish it because I tend to finish the movie that start. Um, but I just didn't find it really captivating. Um, and then I also started to watch Babylon. Have you seen that? I have not seen that. I was actually (laughs) going to watch that tonight, probably after this podcast. It's funny because, uh, I, well, I, 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 I got like 15 minutes in because the, the, my internet was running slow and I, and it started like uh, buffering and I was like, fuck this. I can't, I can't do this. But my, man, that movie starts off. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Should I even say anything? Cause I, I'll not. say no. Okay. There's some no, like, yeah, I'll get the, I'll get the gist. Well, in the first 20 minutes, I'm like, yo, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> yeah. I was like, yo, what? This is a wild ass movie in the first 20 minutes. And that's kind of why I want to continue watching. Cause I was like in the first 20 minutes, there's some, um, um, some certain, 
uh, things happening. And I was like, wow, okay. All right. This, this is what we're fucking with. <laughs> so, right. um, so I'll, I'll, I'll finish that. Um, other things that I've been watching, um, anything new that I got, I was watching Dick Tracy recently. Wow. Um, yeah. Wow. You know what? That's a movie that I remember as a kid being like, I love that movie, but I don't really? know if I ever really watched that movie. Yeah. Like, really? I love, I think I got like, for whatever reason, I it was a Disney movie. So yeah, I think there were like uh, yeah. Happy Meal toys. Yeah, and there were. Definitely yeah, so I was just like, I really like that. I remember just being very enamored by that movie, but I don't remember ever like, I don't remember the movie itself. Like, yeah, I just liked how it looked, the colors. Yeah, and uh, and the the blank and the cartoonish yeah. way that all the villains yep. were like, um, Hammerhead and uh, Prune Phase. Face, yeah, Mumbles, and, uh, Big Boy, played by Al Pacino. Yeah, isn't Dustin Hoffman Mumbles? Yeah, he's Mumbles. He's, I think, he's yeah. the best villain. Yeah, he's he's really good. Yeah, yeah there's a lot. Of, that was like a very star-studded movie. And um, James uh, James Conn's in it. Is he? Yeah, man. Yeah, you it, you watching what you watching now, and you and as an adult, you're like, oh, Warren Beatty got all his buddies in this movie. He, yeah, he pulls because it's <laughs> yeah. it's directed by him too. The Warren Beatty, yeah, yeah. So he got everybody in it. So you got all his Hollywood friends in it. Who else? There's somebody else. Um, I think Robert Duvall's in it too for a bit. Wow. Um, yeah. I mean, it's 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 stacked, man. It's a stack cast. I have so. to watch that. Sometime soon, but I I think I've tried to watch it recently, not recently, yeah. but like you know within the past couple of years, mm-hmm. I've just been like, nah, it's not for me. <laughs> yeah, you know why? There's a reason why, man. Why? There's a reason why. It's kind of boring, man. It's just like it, it's it, it, it. There's no drive to it, and then also one thing when I was watching it, I was like, what is this? It, the tone of it is like, what is this supposed to yeah. be? Is it supposed to be? campy or is supposed to be serious because it doesn't seem like it knows what it wants to do because yeah. obviously it's very well, well i get it because I, uh, and, and you're right this was released by disney right so yeah. um and off the heels and it was 1990 so i think it's a year after batman comes out and makes yeah. a big hit with uh warner brothers so obviously the mouse yeah. wants to be like oh we got to cash into this comic book thing but what i think is they did is that they were like well and, and it's the same they didn't figure it out yet how to do yeah. comic book movies so they were just like all right let's make it like the comic book whereas um everything is like hyper realistic and it's all comic book colors and everyone you know every character is wearing a distinctive color and it's really bright all the backgrounds matte paintings and and to copy off batman they got danny elfman to do the theme and do the the, the yeah to do the music um, and it's, and even the, 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 the dialogue, uh, uh, you know, the dialogue of the, of the writing is very comic book. Like, Hey, like, Hey, Tracy, with that, it's, 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 it's like, it's a comic book movie. So it's very yeah. campy, but then like the tone is very serious. And then you're kind of like watching them and you're watching and like, who is this for? Because there are Madonna's in the movie. Yeah. I don't think I don't know if you remember, but she's in the movie. Yes. And then there's literally scenes where and she plays the femme fatale, right? So right. um tr- she walks into Dick Trace's office and she basically crawls on his desk and like her right, ass is yeah. in the air and it's just, just like there's like some innuendo. I forgot what exactly what it was, but it's like, so are you 
hard at work, something like this. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. like, and I'm watching. It's like, what the fuck is this? Is this for kids? Because this, it yeah. is under Disney. It's under Buena Vista. Um, it just doesn't know what it wants to be, and I, I just found it really boring. And then I don't know if this was one of the first movies where Pacino is doing the. What now we know he the the, the over He's the top big daddy yeah, yeah yeah big boy and oh Tracy so um he's he's really over the top with it too so uh yeah it's just it's all it's just really all over the place but that was another one I found kind of boring because it it, it it it's it's the plot's going one way and then kind of takes a right turn and you're like okay well what is this all about and I don't know it's just yeah. it just didn't feel for any of the characters and I don't know Warren Beatty. I don't really particularly like him. He's not that charismatic to me as an actor. Yeah. So him being the role or the lead, I'm just kind of like, all right, man, like, like whatever. And also it's, it's, it's Dick Tracy is like the true detective. Like he's just a workaholic and his personal life, which is kind of a, a trope in, in detective stories where like they love yeah. their job or they're just workaholics obsessed with the case that, you know, their personal life is falling apart and he has to figure out like, yeah. what is it about? Is it, you know, your life or, um, or, you know, or justice and the law and stuff like that. So it's a bunch of that. I mean, there's a bunch of, like, like I said, stack cast, Paul Servino's in it. Um, yeah. James, uh, 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 Tolkien is in it. So he's, um, mm-hmm. Um, um, Top Gun and um, Principal Skinner from yeah. Back to the Future and yeah, Strickland, yeah, Strickland. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Uh, um, Catherine O'Hara's in it. James Con, like I mentioned, yeah, there's a bunch yeah. of people in it. So it's funny that you say that Warren Beatty's like not charismatic because it's mm-hmm. like he's like that's kind of what he was known for in the '60s and '70s. He's like the charismatic uh, leading man guy. Yeah. Um, and stuff like shampoo and heaven can wait. Um, but it's, yeah, I know, I know what you mean. He's not one of my favorites, but, um, it's funny because, um, Paul Thomas Anderson was trying to get him for, um, Boogie Nights, the Burt Reynolds role. He initially wanted Warren Beatty, which I'm like, okay, I, I, I could see that. I could see that. And then, um, it was, he wanted Leonardo DiCaprio, for, for Mark Wahlberg, mm. yeah, and Warren Beatty for the Burt Reynolds role, yeah, and um, and then he's like, like Burt Reynolds is way better. Burt Reynolds is amazing in it, um, and he didn't like that movie. He didn't like. He didn't think it was going to be good. He didn't like the performance. And then he got into a fight with a almost like a physical. I don't know if it was a physical fight or yeah. almost a physical fight with Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah. I heard he about disowned, this. He kind of disowned the movie and didn't do press for it when it came out. Yeah. And then he ended up getting an Oscar nomination for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, Did you see, oh. you ever seen that video when he loses? No, you should watch it when they do the, you know, when they do the, at the Academy and they're oh, like, yeah? the, the nominations are, blah, 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 blah. and then you see, when they and Burt Reynolds for and he's just like you can tell he's like I can't be fucked to be here I can't be bothered to be here he's just yeah. place is just like I don't give a shit whatever and when he loses you know how they have the camera he's just like yeah of course he's like I can't believe I fucking came yeah <laughs> yeah you can see his face he's just like yeah of course I lost I don't give a fuck yeah but one thing about that Dick Tracy thing here's yeah. here's the line from the movie so there's um. One of the gangsters dies. I think uh, Madonna's character, her her boyfriend in the movie, dies. She walks into Dick Tracy's office, and then um, Dick Tracy says, 
quote, no grief for lips. Madonna says, I'm wearing black underwear. Dick Tracy says, you know, it's legal for me to take you to the station and sweat it out for you under the lights. Oh, excuse me. It's legal for me to take you down to the station and sweat it out of you under the lights. And Madonna says, why sweat a lot better in the dark? You know what I mean? Oh and I'm like, I'm like, like what, right. is this a kids movie? Yeah. <laughs> that's I, what I was watching. I was, like, I was like, who's this for? That's why I was like, yeah. And yeah, that's true. They had McDonald's toys and everything and stuff yeah, like I'm that. Yeah, I'm pretty so. sure I had the video game or at least yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I rented that video game many times. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, Warren Beatty's an interesting cat. Quentin Tarantino wanted him for Bill, for Kill Bill. Yeah, that's what I heard was, as well. Yeah. It's kind of what he wrote it for. He wrote it more as like a James Bond type. And then when Warren Beatty passed, he changed it to be like more Keith, Keith Carradine. David, David Carradine. Carradine. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Warren Beatty still makes, I guess he, he just made a movie with Alden Ehrenreich. Rules, rules do not apply or his poor Alden Ehrenreich can't <laughs> like every movie he's in is just like, this seems like it's going to be a good idea. And then it's like Han Solo movie. Yeah. And, um, the Warren Beatty movie that bombs. But yeah, so uh, he he came to my my first um he came to my um I guess my consciousness under uh, with Bullworth. Remember that? Was that good? I've never really seen it. I just know because the soundtrack was so yeah. like so hot at the time and ubiquitous was, at the time. Ghetto yeah, superstar. Yeah, that is what you are. Yeah, I mean it was it was massive, and there was another song on it too that I oh, man it was really really big, but um. Um, yeah, it was, I just remember uh, there was something like it was a, a cultural thing where it was like, I guess, like, like African American culture was getting a lot more uh, uh, mainstream. So then it was like, yeah. well, how do we, uh, oh, like the, the straight, this, this straight mainstream guy has to reach out. And that's what the movie is about. It's a political satire. Movie, yeah. He's a politician who like tries to get the black vote by, yeah, like, um, be yeah, more down I, with it or me more hip hop and shit. Yeah, that's a movie to watch because I wonder how that looks today, just because I mean the sat satire of it is that it's supposed to be like cringy, right? Yeah. So I wonder if the movie's cringy or if they do a good job with the cringiness. Oh, I'm sure there's I'm sure there's some <laughs> there's some stuff that has not, you know, aged well. So yeah. I mean, but I'm looking at the soundtrack, like everyone's on it. Dr. Dre, L O Cool J, ODB yeah. of course, Maya, um, um, Riza Eve, Ice Cube, Mac Ten, Black Eyed Peas, yeah. yeah, Capadonna. Like, yeah, it was a, it was a public enemy. It was a, it was a stacked soundtrack. Zoom. I remember that was a big that was a big hit with um, yeah, L O Cool J. I remember that and the video and stuff like that. But yeah, anyway, I was watching Dick Tracy, um, and it's just it was just kind of boring. I, just another one. I'll finish to I'll finish to just see how it ends. I mean, I remember how it kind of ends and stuff, but I yeah. just you know I, I want to just go through and soak it up and take it for what it what it what it is yeah. you know who was um speaking about like warren Beatty and like uh, actors from that era who you know who i think it's my favorite guy from from that era um and i've been watching some films from him hackman hackman's really good hackman yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he's amazing he retired like i don't even know probably like 20 years by this point like he hasn't had a movie thing since like for about 20 years when he passes everybody's gonna be like shit what was he doing and he's like yeah no, he was he's just chilling in his life yeah, I was gonna ask you what movie did you see that made you feel that way, or that um, reminded you? I just, um, I just put on. It was like a Netflix thing. It was just recommendation, so I just put it on. It's called um, Absolute Power. It's a Clint Eastwood movie directed by Clint Eastwood, 
and it's a it's a political thriller. So basically, I forget Clint Eastwood. I think he's he's a thief, and he's like a like a master thief, and he breaks into he breaks into this house basically, and yeah. it's like a two way mirror. So he's on the other side of the two way mirror, and while he's doing the the robbery, someone comes in. He's like, oh shit, someone's coming in. So he sits he's yeah. sitting, and he can see everything in two way mirror, and it turns out it's. The president, Gene Hackman, who plays the president of the United States, is like, he, I forget who it is. I think it's Laura Linney. He brings her home. Is it Laura Linney? I got to remember. He brings her home and they're like hooking up. They're starting to have sex and stuff. But then Gene Hackman's like, he's like into like violent sex or something. So he like oh, starts shit. smacking this. <laughs> he starts smacking her around. He's the president of the United States, but in the movie, you don't know it. You don't know it yet. So he started like smacking her around and, um, and she's like, stop. And he's like, no, this is what I like. And she's like, stop, stop. So then she starts fighting back. She picks up a a knife and she like stabs him in the knee to fight him off. And he like gets, it gets harder and harder. And I I, I forget, she like, she ends up getting killed. Um, yeah. I think, oh, what happens is she, she pulls at the knife at this, he, and he goes, oh, and secret security come in and they shoot her. So now it's a cover up and, and that's what it is. And then it becomes uh, to the light of secret security. Like Gene Hackman as a president doesn't know yet, but secret security like start doing a cleanup and they're like, oh shit, you know, someone was in this yeah. room. And then that's the, the movie Cat and Mouse. Um, What's this guy? Wow. Uh, Clint, yeah, Clint Eastwood is on the run from Secret Service, and then Gene Hackman. He doesn't know about it yet until his like his what is it? Chief of Staff is like, oh, someone was in the room, and then he starts getting like really pissed off and stuff. Yeah. And um, written, it's, by, it was, uh, written by William Goldman, one of the greatest screenwriters ever. Interesting. Oh yeah, it's really. I thought it was really good. I thought it was pretty. Yeah. Um, 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 fascinating. I mean, it does. You know, it's a lot of political thriller kind of stuff, but yeah. Um, I thought Our it man was Ed Harris is in it. <laughs> yeah, I forgot what he does in it. I think he's like the de- he's a detective on the on the case, yeah. and he kind of he's like, oh, something's something's afoot here. Something yeah, I like got. Um, but yeah, I was really good. Anyway, so with Gene Hackman, um, I just thought he would, and he's in he's not in it for a, 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 a lot, but I thought he was just super charismatic in it, and he just mm-hmm. captures the screen, and um, and then I. I went back and visit Royal Tenenbaums and um, yeah. what else did I see with Hackman um, just recently? Um, oh, I mean, uh, what's it called? Fucking him, Will Smith, Enemy of the State. Um, of the, wow, yeah. Yeah, Enemy of the State's a good one. He's really good in it. Um, and of course, I think he's also excellent in the birdcage as like that conservative yeah. senator. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever, that one I don't think I've ever actually seen. It's, Birdcage? That one, like, yeah, I remember my wow. mom. I really liked that movie and was like, yeah, had it that's on. A, that's a good one, man. I've heard it's very, very good. Yeah, it's uh, excellent, man. It, yeah, yeah, it's really good. It's just a comedy of like the comedy of errors, and it's like it's um, you know, guess who's? It's a very funny. Guess who's coming to dinner? It's a, it's like a great concept. Like it's, it's also. I mean, nowadays it wouldn't make. I mean, yeah. I guess nowadays you have to update it for times because back then it was like in the nineties, it was like, Oh, the couple's gay. Oh my God. Oh, what how yeah. crazy. But right. nowadays it'd be like, yeah, all right, whatever. Um, but yeah, he's just, he, Gene Hackman's is super conservative, um, 
right wing senator who's in this sex scandal or his one his running mate it's in a sex scandal sex scandal so he finds out his daughter's getting played by Clarissa Flockhart is getting married um and he thinks it's this very conservative family but it just turns out it's Robin Williams and um Nathan Lane and Nathan they're Lane. yeah they're a couple and they run this drag um drag show in Miami so they have to pretend like they're um, not gay and hilarity ensues. So yeah, Gene Hackman is a, an interesting cat because like, I mean, his, his probably most famous work is like what the French connection. Um, yeah. He was also Lex Luthor and Superman. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, also great in the conversation. Um, Mm, yeah. You ever seen that? No, no. The conversation is Francis Ford Coppola. It's like, basically it's always like this weird thing where like directors do like, sometimes you hit as like a, a trilogy or, you know, three movie run Mm -hmm. where a director does like a masterpiece and a small movie that becomes like a classic and then a masterpiece. So like Francis Ford Coppola did the Godfather. Then he did the conversation. Then he did Godfather two. Right. So it's like, like Nolan does. um, I mean, you could say like, whatever Batman begins, but like Batman begins, then the prestige and then dark Knight. I wouldn't say Batman begins in that, but I would, but even I might even go like the prestige, um, dark Knight, and then inception. Mm. Like there's always like, there's this weird little run. And then like the smallest movie of those is always like still an interesting one. Like, Oh, the prestige is like really good. Uh, Mm. And uh, the conversation is like, this really good movie in the middle of like two of the greatest movies of all time takes place in 1974. Basically like what happens is he's a sound guy yeah, or he's like a a private detective and he picks up on um, this conversation that's being had in Washington Mm -hmm. that goes, I think it's Washington, but anyway, it's basically about like on the conversation he hears like about an assassination attempt that's going to happen. Yeah. And then chaos ensues of like, Somehow the people that do the assassination attempt find out that he has the tapes and they bug him and he's all paranoid. It's just a mm. really good paranoid movie with Gene Hackman. Yeah. Um, political thriller. Yeah. 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 Royal Tannenbaum's is one that's interesting that I know he didn't get along with uh, <laughs> Wes Anderson. What yeah. I heard. I heard that too. Yeah. Yeah, I, but I always that. think I heard I heard that story, and I was just thinking like it's probably a thing of like he's just an old school kind of guy, yeah, cranky and kind of, and he's just like you yeah. know, it's like what is this shit? Yeah, like you look <laughs> Why at are you West dressed Ander- like that. Exactly. Yeah, you look at Wes Anderson, you're like the fuck. <laughs> like, yeah, Gene Hackman probably is. He seems like kind of a man's man. I mean, yeah. he plays a lot of man's man roles. He probably looks at that dude and just like the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, yeah. Apparently he, what's the story you heard? Oh, that he's just, that he does. It's just that they didn't, there was some on set uh, riff oh, <laughs> with yeah. stuff. And you know, it was just like, I'm not doing it. I'll, I'll do what I want. Yeah. Kind of shit. Kind of. Yeah. I heard one story where he like, he couldn't get him to do what he wanted. So he just kind of like pulled everyone else aside to just like give them notes so that like, hopefully that like, if he just kept excluding him, he would wait, wait, Hackman did that. No, Wes Anderson started like, you know, giving notes to everybody else on the side, like 
pulling everybody else to, off to the side so that like maybe if he was excluded that he would just come come in and try to be included and i guess that's like annoyed gene hackman and he pulled and he like goes up to wes anderson and says you know what you're a little cunt <laughs> yeah okay i think i heard something like that. and then wes anderson goes gene why would you say that <laughs> i mean i don't know if that's true but yeah, yeah. I, re- I think i read it in like rebels on the back lot it's like this um this book about the 90s director it covers quentin tarantino paul thomas anderson david o russell yeah. um wes not wes anderson spike jones and then i think one of, i think soderbergh yeah, yeah. But uh, Reddit years I have a ago, book similar like that. I have a, a book called The Sundance Kids, and it all talks about their mm. careers because they all started in Sundance and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And those were like yeah, the 90 a- guys and the independent filmmakers from the 90s that went on to do other big stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Gene Hackman is a, strikes me as a wild dude. Yeah. Yeah, he's just, I mean, probably just, he's just from a different era, man. He's just just from yeah. a different era. I love when he goes, well, it's uh, Angela Houston, right? And is it Angela Houston or Angelica Houston? Uh, no, no, no. It's um, Gwyneth, Gwyneth Paltrow? Paltrow. She goes, yeah. You probably don't even know my middle name. And he goes, That's a trick question. You don't have one. It's Helen. That's my mother's name. <laughs> I know it was. <laughs> he's such a bad father. <laughs> Yeah, he's uh, he's kind of amazing. Um, yeah, Wes Anderson's. Uh, what are you? How are you on Wes Anderson movies? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'll, 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 I'm intrigued, but I don't really go out to seek him. Uh, the yeah. last one I and it was another one, um, the French Dispatch. It was another one I just yeah. didn't finish because it right. was too long and it just didn't really captivate me. But I love. Yeah. Um, I typically do like his stuff. And, and one thing I would say is that his style is so unique that you know it's his. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Like his, his, it's his movie, which I appreciate. But I really liked the Grand Budapest Hotel. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. Um, and um, Royal Tenant Bombs, of course. Um, I have a Life Aquatic, which I think is yeah. really funny, but I don't really go back to too much. Yeah. Um, and those are the ones that really kind of really kind of seen or fuck with like i want to see isles a dog but Isle that, of one dogs, took me, but... that one took me a while to get to and really? it's not my favorite it's not my favorite i like i even i'm not even that big on his animated stuff mm-hmm. and i like fantastic mr fox better mm-hmm. um a lot better than isle of dogs i i think george clooney's like really funny in it mm-hmm. um and uh yeah as far as what uh, the french dispatch dude i probably started I started that movie like three times and I just couldn't do it. Mm. And then I finally, finally did it like, you know, sometime within the past two months or something. And uh, I finished it and I was just like, yeah, that might be his best movie really? because like just cinematically, I'm like, this motherfucker is talented. Like, yeah, j- dude, he's throwing everything at the wall. Yeah. I'm like, I watched Elvis. And I was like, I think this is great because it just looks so hard to make. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know if it was that good of a movie, but it just looked so hard to make that I had to be like, yo, I'll give you two stars for that. Like, yeah, yeah. like extra stars more than you deserve oh, okay, for, yeah, yeah. for just how hard it looked to make. What, what do you and mean? Then, like, what, what aspect of it looks hard to make? Just, dude, just like, I mean, Boz Lerman's been doing his style yeah. for a really long time. Yeah. But just like, 
the editing of that movie mm. is crazy. And like yeah. all the shots that you know you need to have to make all that editing work yeah. is insane to me. And maybe I'm just like, I'm marveling at the planning, which is really <laughs> what I'm saying. It's like, yeah. I can't believe you knew to get all the shots you needed. And, yeah. and like to put it all together, I was really impressed by how it all came together. The thing, I mean, I think Austin Butler's performance is really, really good. I know you're yeah. like a, a big Elvis fan. So maybe there's yeah. stuff in it that you're like, fuck this. That's not true. Oh, uh, or whatever. I, I knew nothing about Colonel Tom Parker. I knew absolutely mm. nothing. So I didn't know that he was, I heard of Colonel Tom Parker and I've seen pictures and I assume, cause I hear Colonel that he's like this like good old military, boy, like, like oh, Southern yeah. accent. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Like he always looked like, I thought he was going to sound like, um, Colonel Sanders. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then he's like Swedish or Dutch or whatever in the movie. Like, Dutch, the yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, the fuck is this? Yeah. And Tom Hanks, you know, when I was watching that movie, I was like, this is not, how do I put this? I was like, this accent is crazy. Like they should have, he should have just talked with his normal voice and just said, fuck it. Yeah. Cause if you're going to do like these Boz Lorman, crazy shit, why is that going to be real? If you yeah. can't do it, you know what yeah. I mean? Why is that going to be accurate? Yeah. But um, but I was watching that and I go and I was like, Tom Cruise is one of the uh, Tom Cruise. Tom Hanks is like one of probably the greatest movie star of all time. Mm. I don't know why it was that movie that made me think of that. But I was also watching. And I go, I think there's a great performance under that accent somewhere. Mm. Yeah. I'm like, that I think accent kills it for me. It really ruins it a lot. But I think that performance is like quite good like he's really i really like him as a villain when he plays a villain like in cloud yeah. atlas whenever mm. he does a villain i really enjoy it i didn't see that one movie he did with emma watson i think he's the villain in that but i'm not sure mm, okay the circle i think it was called oh yeah but um but yeah i always like it when he's a villain because he's very like he's kind of funny he's always kind of funny as a villain and like kind of like comically evil in a way that's like yeah it's I don't know. I, I enjoy. Can I say one thing? I, I mean, it's funny that you say Tom Hanks is good as a villain because I agree. And a couple, like a month back, I, I made a my my like a Dreamcast list for if I did a James Bond movie, and he would be my villain. I chose him as the villain of of the movie because. Um, I just think, yeah, I think he'll be good and as as uh, in that role. And I know he's a big James Bond fan of the a fan of the movies, so I think yeah. he'll really. Um, um, uh, really do a lot with it, and I kind of see him as more like a like a Goldfinger. Like it, 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 it can't be. I, I, I wouldn't necessarily. It, it can't be like too over the top. Like I'm trying to think of someone who's like really over the top in those in those films. Mm, um, yeah, Was Rami Malek over the top? A little bit, yeah, because he doesn't blink. He's almost like super natural. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Whereas like a villain like Goldfinger, Goldfinger is just like a business kind of, he's a, he's a, they're all megalomaniacs really, but yeah. he's a megalomaniac <laughs> that he looks a little weird, but he's restrained. His like Goldfinger's character or villainy. I, mean, I don't know if you've seen Goldfinger recently, but all he wants to do is it's, it's funny because gold member. He just wants money. Yeah. yeah. He just wants money. Like he wants to make his gold more valuable. More so he's going to, he's going to destroy Fort Knox. You know what I mean? To make his, yeah. to, to, to generate scarcity. Um, so where like Rami Malik is, yeah, I went to, I went to poison all the, 
family members of all inspector. It's like, okay. And it's like, you know, it's all that, but um, yeah, I think if Tom Hanks did that with a role like that, where he's just like some, um, and, and there is a character in the books. I think the, the book's called the Hiderity rarity. It's like the only, it's one of the few original Ian and Fleming books, novels that they haven't, you know, adapted to the screen, but there is a villain in that book who is an American like businessman who is he's a villain because you know he's like this you know greedy businessman who also like beats on his wife so you know I I, I can yeah. see like let, dude, dude, let Tom Hanks do that I'm like he can do that yeah. you know <laughs> so yeah. yeah I uh I have one I had a pitch but it was it was really just for the it would only work for the Daniel Craig James Bond which okay. is gonna happen yeah, was um, there's a short story called that Ian uh, Fleming Bond in New York. Yeah, 007 in New York. I was yeah, like, yeah. They, they should do that because the story is about him in New York, and he's basically just like running an errand. It's like weird. It's like not even like it's not even anything. Like there's no drama really in it. Yeah, it's, it's no like, saving like, the world kind of thing. Right. There's no like big intrigue. The thing that he's doing, he just happens to be in New York and there was like an, a recipe for like making eggs or something. It's like, it's very odd. But in it, the, the one thing he's in New York to do is to tell like another agent that, um, that the person that they are having like sleeping with is actually a Russian spy or whatever. Mm-hmm. 007 is there to break that news to them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that you could turn into a whole movie. Mm-hmm. Like that you could turn into a whole movie. We're like, we're basically like, um, and I would do it like Daniel Craig has to like tell, like Tilda Swinton is like the other spy. Mm-hmm. And she's like falling in love with this dude. And she doesn't know that he's this, um, he's a Russian spy. Right. And then, and then like she, either she doesn't believe it or whatever. And then the dude kills her. So then James Bond like has to get, has to get revenge or get even or like, yeah, like, stop. Him. And it's like, to me, what's like the Craig movies is like very like in Skyfall, like M is M is his mother. Right. Right. In, in metaphorically in Skyfall and yeah. Javier Bardem's kind of his like brother in Skyfall. So like this one's like, that would be like his sister. Oh yeah. And it would also play into the fact in the Casino Royale where Eva right. Green was yeah. uh was a double well, not double O, but she was a kind of double agent. So he might feel compelled or this compulsion exactly. to be like, you know, don't fall exactly. for this thing I fell for and stuff like that. Or just, you know, it's more personal for him. Yeah, exactly. So I was like I th- I think that could make a good movie, but it makes sense for D- Daniel Craig probably there's a lot more work you have to do to do someone else. But I've heard Aaron Taylor Johnson is like yeah. close to it, he's, I guess. He's the he's the front runner. So he went for an audition and apparently he really impressed the producers. Uh um yeah. uh Michael Wilson and Broccoli. Barbara Broccoli. Yeah. yeah. So and and from what I and I'm a I'm I, I like the I like the Bond films. I follow them and from what I yeah. hear that's those are the two you have to impress. Those are like the yeah. they are the last two say. And basically what you do for the audition, there's a scene from um um from from there's a scene from the movie from Russia with love that every actor has to do. And it's an opening it's one I think it's in the beginning of the scene, Bond um 
walks into like a hotel room or something and he sees this like um, um, he thinks somebody's broken into his room. So he pulls out the gun and he's like surveying the room waiting for to, for the kill. And he opens the door and it's just like this sexy lady in bed. And then he has to switch on the charm of like, oh, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to fuck you now. So because and they say <laughs> they always choose that scene because in that scene, you see how he goes from dangerous to suave. And yeah. that's what they're looking for in in a yeah. person who's going to play James Bond. So apparently he did characters in that one scene. Yeah. Um, and apparently he did a very impressive um, um, audition. And yeah. I think, and just like what I'm look, what I know of it, he kind of does tick all the boxes because um, somebody was telling me the other day, they were like, Oh, the next one should be, I mean, there's always the list, you know? And you know, it, remember like Idris Alba was, Idris Alba was like, number one on the list for a while for a while but i don't think so man i think it's first henry of all cavill. henry cavill yeah that was on the list too but the two th- two things about them two um first they're too famous that's the problem they tend to choose someone who's an actor a, who has a career but is still kind of unknown or to mainstream yeah. audiences so the pro- audience can project you know, oh, that's James Bond. You don't want to go into it and think like, oh, that's Idris Elba playing James Bond. Yeah. It, you know, because then you, you know, the character is kind of ruined for the audience. So that's the thing with those two. Um, more with Henry Cavill, he's just tied into too many franchises. Well, he's been cut off from a couple of them, but he's just he's The Witcher. He's Superman. Uh, what's the other one? He's something else. I think he quit The Witcher to do the next Superman, and then he yeah, got- yeah. But then he get cut from Superman just recently too. Yeah. Yeah, yep. that's that's a that's a yeah, that's a thing. So no, he's just tied into too many franchises. Um, and I've seen. Have you seen the Man from Uncle? I tried. I tried yeah. a couple times. Yeah, um, it's not that great, man. And he's in it as a spy, and I just don't buy it. And he, and it's very yeah. James Bond. Like he's he's hooking up with the chicks. He's smooth. He's restrained. But it's just not. I don't know. I just didn't buy it from him. So it's that. Um, the thing with Idris Elba, and I thought. He would be good because I think he's an awesome actor, but he's just too old now. They tend to get somebody in their 30s, um, early 30s or late 30s. Why? Just out of practicality, they want someone on for like 15 to 20 years. Right, yeah. You know? So they want someone they can squeeze like five movies out of, you know, to get their money's worth. Um, how long was Daniel Craig? 15 years. So he started wow. in 2006. 2000, I know wow. everyone says that. Everyone's like, everyone thinks like, oh, well, he just, because he only did five movies, did right? Five but everyone, it, the same thing with every, uh, oh, everyone, uh, they were like, oh, he should, but Daniel Craig's only been doing it for a couple of years. It was like, no, Casino Royale came out in 2006, man. Like, yeah. it's been, a, he's been doing it for a no while. Time I remember they, like 21, right? Should have been released. Like, no Time to Die, the last yeah. one was like, yeah, it's 2020. I mean, yeah, it was supposed to be yeah, 2020, it was, right? Yeah, but COVID, um, COVID um, yeah. stopped and they postponed it. That's why. And that's the thing. another thing. And it's funny because everyone's, oh, Daniel Craig was in it for, he just became Bond. He's like, no, like time passed. And look look how he looks in that first Casino Royale. Um, and then, because you can, and particularly look at how he looks when they make the announcement, when he's coming yeah. in the boat on the River Thames. He looks so young. And then yeah. you look at him now and you can see like he's an older man. You know, that's just what it is. Yeah. So, um, so it's that, um, another thing is, um, they tend to pick someone who's, um, British or who is, who, whose background, um, is tied into 
the British monarchy. So obviously they don't have to be English, right? Yeah. So Sean uh Sean Connery um um Scottish, right? Oh, yeah. Um yeah, George Lazenby is Australian. That's part of the Commonwealth. Um Roger Moore was English. He's the first English guy. Oh, weird. Uh, yeah. Um uh uh, Timothy, Timothy Dalton. Dalton uh, he's he's English, but I think, I think he's English. Yeah, I think he's English. I'm pretty sure I'll Here's double check. Brosnan is Welsh, Not, right? He's he's Irish. Is he? Oh. Yeah, he's Irish. Weird. Yeah, everyone forgets, like, because his accent's gone. So you know. Yeah. Um, and then Daniel Craig's English again, of course. You know. Yeah. But like, for instance, yeah, Timothy Dalton's. Yeah, uh, it says British, but that can conceive of anything. But um, I mean, I think about the list prior. I mean, Christian Bale was on the list. He's 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 um, he's from Wales. Oh. Yeah, um, um, and, um, yeah. Timothy Dalton. Well, yeah, he was born in Wales, but English mother, English father, excuse me, um, and American mother. So yeah. Um, he just has like Italian in, in him in the back in the back burner somewhere there, um, but yeah, they tend to choose someone who's um, of of uh, connected to the uh, the British Empire. I'm looking so, at a list right now. Next, James Bond. Here are the 20 actors most likely to succeed Daniel Craig. Yeah, um, I mean Aaron. He's the Aaron. That Aaron guy's the the, the top one out. Front yeah. Roger Jean Page, the guy. Yeah, from, uh, the guy from uh, fucking Bridgerton. Um, so the thing with him is that he was he was on the list too, and if they if everyone's like, oh, they should choose him because he'll be the first black Bond. I'm like, no, because I, I, I and I talked to people and I've talked to a couple of women about this. I was like, dude, what do you think about him? And everyone says he's too handsome. <laughs> like, and really? it was like, he, yeah, one woman she described and she was like, he looks like a. And this is how she described him. She said he looks like a sex doll. He's just too good looking. <laughs> like he's too distracting. And I was like, yeah. all right, cool. Yeah, you know, like I, that's that's fair enough. You know, but, so everyone thinks that he's on the list, but I just don't think. Well, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the list. I mean, it was pretty much everywhere we talked about Henry Cavill, Idris Elba, Tom Hardy. Um, no, Tom Hardy yeah. was another one. He was another one that was big on the list, but he's just too famous, man. He's just tied into too much stuff. And Tom Hardy would have been good because um, he would have been another rougher, um, you know, Bond and stuff. And yeah. he has that. Um, and I like I, I and I think about um, that scene in the Inception where you know yeah. he's and it, uh, I think is is it. Um, uh, JGL that's like he doesn't yeah, he pulls out a little gun yeah. and then he Let's and he goes yeah you gotta think you gotta think you gotta dream bigger darling and he pulls out that oh. big ass like assault rifle and I was like oh that's kind of Bond I can buy that from him I remember yeah. that was the first thing where I I never I don't think I ever heard of him before and yeah. then when I saw him in that I was like who's that guy because yeah. this dude's got fucking charisma out the ass yeah like <laughs> but then you see have you seen Capone man no, I heard it's all. He awful. plays. Oh God! Oh my God! <laughs> that yeah. is a bad movie, man. And it, like he's doing a lot. He's. I guess he's. It's really authentic because it's composed at the end of his life when he's like dying of syphilis and shit. But it's just like God, man. Like that is, that is. I couldn't get through it, man. It's like, yo, what is this? What am I watching? He's like shitting in bed. Yeah, he's just. He's really. I don't know. He's. He's. 
he's doing a lot and it's not complimentary. Like it's a turnoff to watch him in that movie. It's just like, oh dude, man, what's what's going on here? So yeah. who else? Luke Evans. Um, I don't know. No, no. Luke Evans, no. Callum Turner. I don't know who that is. No, 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 no. Richard Madden is interesting. Um, no, it's no, it's it can't because Scottish. No, not even that. It's just like, bro, he he he's he's just he's not that. Um, I don't think he's that charismatic enough. He was in Internals, and I just I, I can't, yeah. you know. And and anytime I see him, he's he's so tied into um, Game of Thrones. It's yeah. just like, okay, man, you're the Game of Thrones guy, and I think the audience is he's he's already too famous. Like even the the um um the um, the the casual uh, movie audience would just be like, oh, that's the guy from Game of Thrones, and they wouldn't. I don't think they would really accept him. Uh, next this is Michael Fassbender. I too famous. No, too famous. Um, Amy Dornan, um, Killian Murphy. Not another uh, one. Like he's gonna he's gonna come yeah. out with Oppenheimer's in a bit. He's a he's yeah. a he's a Nolan guy, so it's not gonna. I, it's just. I'll, I'll get back to, to <clears throat> Oppenheimer in a second. Chiwetel Ejiofor is see, probably see, too old. Here, okay, so here's my choice. That was one of my choices. If they really, really wanted to go like, you know, that we got to do like a Black Bond, that dude is sick. Yeah. I think he would be really, really good. And if not going to cho- choose him, honestly, you can make him a bad guy, sure, or you and make him – make him a double O that went rogue or something, or he's evil. Like, I think he's yeah. really awesome. That would have been my choice for, um, for a bond. My choice is, uh, two of my choices is, is one of them is him as bond. Um, and, uh, Henry Golding, if they wanted, if they, if, I just was looking him up because I heard his name being thrown around. Yeah. I think he's really good. And I think he can do the dangerous thing. He can be charismatic. Um, if you've seen, have you seen the gentleman where he plays the gangster. Yeah. 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 I like, he's, I really like that movie. Yeah, I did. I did too. I think he's really good in it. Um, and he shows that he can play a bad guy, but if you've seen crazy rich Asians, he can also play like a really handsome Prince charming kind of dude. And yeah. I think, he can be an action star and that's what that mm-hmm. James Bond character essentially is. You can be an action. It has to be an action star. But if I were to do something and I have a cat, like, and back to what Idris Alba at this point, if you want Idris, put Idris in the movie, but make him M. I think Idris Alba will be M in the next James Bond movie. And yeah. even to make him a little meta and you can have, it, it was like when, back when I was a double O da, 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 da. And you're like, Oh, yeah. that's the, 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 the double O, the double O movie, uh, with Idris Alba that we never got to see. So did mm. you see bullet train? No, I still haven't seen it. I know this guy. Should, yeah. Aaron yeah. Taylor's in it. Much steals that movie, but it's a very different performance than James Bond. I mean, you, you just watch and you go, I mean, he's great. And he was great in um, Tenet. I thought he was very good when he showed up. I was like, who's this guy? Because, hmm. again, another Nolan movie where I'm like, well, who's this guy? This guy's great. And then I realized it was him. I was like, yo, this motherfucker got jacked. And he grew up from kick-ass and got yeah. diesel. Yeah. What is he and, in Tenet? Uh, I don't remember like much of that. He comes in like halfway through the movie and um, – plays like one of the military guys like the time Mm-mm. like one of the time travel military guys okay i have to He's check it out like the leader of the squadron that like once um elizabeth debecky gets kidnapped yeah by um kenneth brana like he shows up and starts explaining 
the plot basically yeah <laughs> oh yeah i kind of vaguely remember kenneth Branagh. that's a name <laughs> i tried watching that movie again recently i was like yo this movie makes no sense like i don't even like i couldn't even i couldn't remember like why it made sense like the the car scene that yeah. car chase scene yeah i was like i don't even remember why this makes sense like watching it and then watching it in reverse i was yeah. like this is impressive obviously but like I remember thinking like this isn't as impressive as they think it is. Like it is cool, but not really. Like it's not as like awesome mentally to think about. It's just like, oh, so they're just doing it backwards. Yeah. All right. Um the explanation is not as interesting as it seems, but like the visuals are like they're cool visuals. It's just the story is not like it's just not interesting enough to like actually make it worth it but mm. anyway aaron taylor johnson's in it he's great and he's great in bullet train uh and now full circle back to oppenheimer what i want to talk about yeah this movie is so christopher nolan has been making movies with warner brothers i think since the beginning or at least since insomnia mm-hmm. hasn't made a movie it's just, that's his home he made insomnia all the dark knight movies inception interstellar dunkirk um, and the last one, Tenet, right? With Warner mm. Brothers. He didn't like the way they released Tenet. He was like, you know, he wanted to... I don't know what his deal was. They still released it mm. during a pandemic, and he he was upset that it was a bomb. I was like, I don't know what to tell you, dude. Like, you're not that... Like, people aren't going to go see your fucking weird time travel movie. That's another um, thing, too. Like, it, like, yeah, that is a thing. Like, in the middle of a pandemic. He, it's he, like, yeah, well, not even in the beginning of the pandemic. Also, you know, people aren't going to the theaters that much. And also, how do you market this? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like no, I saw... I mean, you, like Sorry. I don't know. I, like, no, no, just the marketing is just like, what is it? What's going on? I mean, the only thing you can... I don't know. The, the thing with Christopher Nolan movies is, in my opinion it's you're selling it on the fact that it's a Christopher Nolan movie. Right. But I mean, and that's, you know, to be fair, that would have been enough though. Because if there wasn't a pandemic, I would have been there first night. I would have been there opening weekend to see it because I was just like, you know, it's like a Leo DiCaprio movie. You go because you know you're going to see some good shit. He's just in good movies. So you just go like, all right. I mean, whatever it is, it'll probably be good. Cause this motherfucker has good taste. It came out during the pandemic. There's like drive through drive-ins showing it and stuff. And like the, you know, the common takeaway was like, I didn't really understand it. It was hard to hear. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I need to watch it with subtitles. Like didn't really make sense. I couldn't follow it. Um, so anyway, sorry, all that to say that this is his first movie outside of Warner brothers. And this is what's putting it out. I don't know. Probably like if I had to guess, I would think Sony. Uh, yeah. Want. Universal. Sorry. Universal Pictures is okay. serving this. This is like his blank check. Like he put yeah. everybody in it. Matt Damon's in it. Robert Downey Jr.'s in it. For Florence Pugh, Rami Malek, Benny Safdie, Mar- Josh Hartnett, Kenneth Branagh. Josh David Hartnett. Cohen, Alden Ehrenreich, Matthew <laughs> Modine, Jack Quaid, fucking Tony Goldwyn, James Darcy. Emily Blunt, if I didn't mention her. Damn. Uh, Dane DeHaan, like Gary Oldman, like Casey Affleck. Like yeah, everyone's in it. Florence Pugh. Like, 
Right. And it's probably, I, I don't know what the budget is, $100 million. And it's about Oppenheimer. Yeah. Like, this is like a dream project. This isn't like Inception. This isn't Interstellar. This isn't Tenet. This is like a biopic, right? Yeah. With probably, there's like a, a nuclear explosion in it, right? Um, yeah, of course. Like, that's what, you know. That's, that's the big payoff, right? Yeah. But I'm like, I, I keep going. I'm like, damn, man, this might be his first bomb. This might be really? a big bomb. I is, I mean, it's it's all like it's kind of metaphorically perfect if it is a bomb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but also, like, look, I think Killian Murphy's a great actor, but is he the lead? Like, yeah, in a draw. Like, I mean, I guess that's why you get Robert Downey Jr. I guess that's why you get Matt Damon. I guess that's why you get everybody else. But I don't know. I don't know if Nolan's name is big enough. I don't know if Tenet was good enough mm. to be like, all right, motherfuckers, like this is this is my passion project. This is my yeah. I'm gonna, you know, double down on new studio. I mean, he came out, he didn't like the way that uh Warner Brothers released Tenet, and he didn't he also didn't like that the they were skipping the theatrical uh window. For a while. Remember there was like all the HBO Max movies were just skipping theaters and just going straight to HBO Max for a while. Right, right. He didn't like that. And he was like, he tweeted something. I, w- I woke up um, yesterday. I woke up. I was working for the world's greatest studio. And this morning I woke up and I'm working for the world's worst streaming service. Wow. I was like, Damn, dude. Like, all right. Okay. But so he like, so it's a pretty public breakup. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, man. I'm just like, I hope it works out for you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is like, this is, you know, if you follow directors' careers, this could be the little bit of the downslope. Mm. I don't know. This could be, it's like, um, I don't know. It's either going to be amazing or it's going to be a big disaster because like, like, have you seen the trailer for Barbie? Yeah. So it's directed, written, directed by Greta Gerwig, great yeah, director yeah. and like great writer and stuff. But I'm also looking at this. I'm like, it's such a big swing. If you watch the trailer, it's such a big swing that I'm like, also, what do you mean? Like, I, I mean, I looked at the trailer. It looks like just like super colorful and fun. And I don't know. like, right. But it's just like, they're going for it. They're going for a very, a, a bright, colorful, kind of seemingly campy, comedic take yeah and that's like that's a big swing and Mm. uh and not to say that you should be safe but it's like that's a big swing for artists who are not generally known for big bright hollywood right right um so to me and it's like this is either going to be the lego movie or it's going to be Popeye, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I see. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like because yeah. that's Robert Altman. Robert Altman made some of the greatest movies. Nash, Nashville, Mash, you know, The Player, all that great stuff. But he also made Popeye with yeah. Robin Williams and Shelley yeah. Duvall in 1980. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. that should have been a surefire oh, yeah. hit. Dude. Yeah, yeah. That, that trio should have been like, all right, like that's an and easy also like a known brand too. Like an yeah. IP. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's like 
checks all the boxes and then yet it becomes this huge and, and a, a character that's pretty popular like especially at that time Popeye, pretty iconic. yeah Popeye is yeah, a pretty yeah, iconic yeah. Well, that's why I bring it back at that time because those folks were like getting older. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So I, I'm, those are two that I'm on, I'm on bomb watch. <laughs> mm. <laughs> bomb watch. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, I think I hope everyone, I want everyone to do well. I mean, the Oppenheimer thing, I can see much more because it's just so. You know, with Nolan, it's just so technical. I've, I haven't yeah. seen Interstellar ever. It's I have it on here. Is it? Yeah, it's in black and white. Oh, God. That's another thing. Probably so, going to be like three hours. Yeah, three hours. I bet you the only thing that isn't going to be black and white is the explosion. Like the, yeah, yeah, I would the, think so. Yeah, so. Um, I haven't seen Interstellar. I have it here on Blu-ray. Um, and I heard it's great. Um, I think I've seen like the cool. first bit. Huh? Interstellar, like some people are like, it's my favorite movie. It's my favorite yeah. Nolan movie. And I'm like, well, this I is, watched a couple times. And I'm like, I like it. Yeah, I like it. I, I was having a conversation with some with, with some dude a couple of weeks ago, and he was telling me about this Interstellar, and he was telling, he was like, it's my favorite movie ever, ever. And I was like, yeah, and it's just interesting because I was like, it's fairly a newer film, you know? It's like, yeah, it's a modern film. He was like, it just makes he and this is guy. He's like a science nerd yeah. science guy and he was just yeah. like it just all the science it's perfect it's perfect and this yeah. one and i was like all right man and then was just like but this is also the problem and then i was telling him about back to the future why i liked it and, yeah. and i think you he was getting well like well and i was like well this is the difference between you and i the thing is i when i watch in movies and i like you know accuracy and, and like i like films that are um um, grounded and stuff like that, but I also like movies because it's the magic movies, you know, like yeah. I, I can like the fantasy of it and just the, yeah. the ridiculousness of it. Like I know back to future is not real. I know it's not going to flying cars yeah. at this point impossible. Um, but that just goes to show what you, you like and I like, and you like that because you're a science dude and you like the formulas and all that makes, and it makes all that sense to you and, and all that. But I, I think for most people, most movie audiences, they before prefer the fantastical instead of yeah. a movie. It's about the atomic bomb and this is this is the, the formula. Yeah. yeah, the logistics of it. Even though it's like you know um, totally hundred you know one hundred and ten percent accurate and stuff. Like it might just right. turn some people off because it might be kind of goes over their head and here's here's two examples like tenant like it took me a while to get through tenant because i was like what the fuck is going on here like yeah. I'm, and I'm, I'm i'm a guy and i think you are too like we'll sit down and like okay give me what you got like i'm i'm, I'm willing to take this ride with you yeah. but once you start saying like uh, get too complicated you, you know you kind of yeah. get turned off by it and the other example is when i saw um inception in the theaters with a friend of mine who um and i always say like no offense against him but he's just not like the most intellectual stimulated yeah. guy i remember we left and he was like yo i fell asleep in that movie and i was like why when he was like it just it just was too much for me i just didn't understand the the, the concept of it so i just took a nap <laughs> <That's> <laughs> which like is ironic weird. because the movie inception is about yeah, yeah. sleeps and dreamlike. That's also like stuff. a very dumb guy thing to do. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, yeah, and that's why I said that's what I was saying. Like, <laughs> but 
Yeah, I mean, it's very Homer Simpson. Two things on that is like I'm. I don't care how a movie explains itself as long as it doesn't break its own rules. Yeah. Once it starts breaking its own rules, then you're like, all right, fuck you. Like, yeah, yeah. This um, and I don't, I'm down for whatever. Like, I don't give a fuck. But I do. I notice that I like when movies have. Um, I, I, you know, I appreciate the Interstellar's stuff about like how, um, how time works on different planets. Because mm-hmm. I remember like reading about that and being like, oh wow, that's crazy. And um, before, and then to see a movie actually, um, use that that actual science. I'm like, yeah, that's really interesting. That's like, that's pretty cool. You, you are actually educating people on, on science. And one thing I like though, is I kind of like when shit happens in movies and especially fantastical stuff that happens in movies and they don't really explain it. It's just okay. is like, I don't know, like eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Like mm-hmm. there's just like, there's a, a company that can erase your memories. How do they do it? doesn't really matter they just yeah, they don't do really it. explain it they just do it it doesn't matter it's just yeah. like and it's strange because in the movie it's like it's not taking place in the far future or anything it doesn't right. look, you know what i mean yeah it's like it just it it just exists it just mm-hmm. exists like just deal with it and they're like well i didn't like how they they didn't explain that i was like it doesn't they, it, they don't need to because that's not the point the device isn't the point the it's the 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 point is these people are erasing um, each other memories. from their memories because of a yeah. bad relationship, and it's mm-hmm. like that's the interest. The question is interesting. Is like, yeah, is it worth having the me- painful memories of someone or not? You know what I mean? Yeah, regardless of the whole relationship and right. Yeah. Is it better to have the memories? Is I mean, is better is love it, and loss? Is, it, is it worth erasing the bad? But you also have to erase the good with the, right, the good exactly. with it. Yeah. So it's like I like movies about I like movies that have questions, not um meanings. Like, you know what I mean? Like not messages. You know, yeah. like when you watch a movie and the message is like here's the movie with the message. message. <laughs> Fucking I mean most like biopics. Honestly, like almost I done. Mean, yeah, I mean I love that. Give us three. <laughs> like, I, it's weird because the bad ones don't come up. You know the bad ones when when you see them. Have you seen Downsizing? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That movie. Yeah, that, that movie is a fucking, like, such a mess. Yeah. It's, like, all over the place. And, like, every, to the person, everybody's like, I didn't like it because the marketing, like, sold me a completely different movie than yeah. Like you think it's gonna be this funny like Kristen Wiig Matt Damon movie, yeah. and it's just like this very somber global warming movie that you're like, yeah, global warming, like, and then also like economic inequality, yeah, and like the premise of them being small is very like inconsequential in the overall scheme of the movie. Mm-mm. It's just like okay, that didn't really matter, but yeah. um. But uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of a movie with like a message. Like, um, and this isn't like exact, but like Black Klansman. When I yeah. saw Black Klansman and the heavy handedness of like at the end, toward at the end, but like yeah. I mean, I actually like the ending because I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very. Um, but there's lines in it where 
where um, John David Washington and Adam Driver are talking. And he's like, something about the president. He's like, do you really think this country could ever have a racist president? And oh, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. All right, Spike. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Thank you for that. All right. But I do like the ending because you watch this movie and it's just like, you know, it's like, it's a Spike Lee kind of Hollywood movie. It's like cotton candy kind of fun movie. And then all of a yeah. sudden it's like, like the last 10 minutes is like, don't ever forget what real racism looks like, by the yeah, way. Yeah. Like, it's like, guys, we, I know we had a lot of fun here, but <laughs> tonight, <laughs> but if I could be serious for a moment, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, what about Avatar? I, first one. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, Avatar. Yeah. That's like, there's no question there. It's like, you know, indigenous people. Yeah. Yeah. You haven't seen the new one, right? I have not. You told me it's no. excellent. Yeah. It's really good. But the same thing there, they're like, not to give anything, not to anything away, but like there's poachers, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they mm-hmm. kill these, like these whale-like animals and for what they're killing them for it's like a little it's basically like a little piece of their horn or something because it's worth a lot of money on earth and then one character literally says and you just get you just dispose of the rest and he's like yeah (laughs) Yeah. and i was like okay i got it yeah i just like killing (laughs) i just like killing if you we um uh you should watch um Speaking about movies with a message, here's the one that I think it's hilarious. On Deadly Ground with Steven Seagal, Michael Caine. Have you heard okay. about that? No, it's, it sounds uh, like a message movie though with Steven Seagal. <laughs> he's he's it's he he's it's, all you got to say is uh, <laughs> Steven Seagal plays a mystical martial arts artist. Um, excuse yeah. me, I'm I'm fucking it up. He is a mystical martial artist slash environmentalist who takes on a ruthless oil corporation. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. It is it is something else, man. Like, and it's just what it is. He's like, if, and it's uh, uh, and it's directed by him. This is uh, I think this is his debut. It's it was like a speaking about bombs. It was like a big ass like, um, um, uh, a bomb. It's um um directed by him i think he no he didn't write it but he definitely produced it as well and michael kane produced it well um but he's just like a badass he's a martial artist of course right but he's a badass environmentalist as well and he's i think in the film they um implied that he is like half inuit or at least like he's connected to the indigenous population. It takes place in Alaska and, yeah. um, and, and all that. So, and then he's, he, and Michael Caine's the evil oil guy. He's a Texan oil. He, and he's speaking about uh, bad accents. He's, he's doing a bad Texan accent and all that, but uh, they go through the whole movie and shit. And I think this was the first movie that did the, the walk away behind an explosion. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's a, the action trope. Um, yeah. but they do the whole movie. And at the end, he speaks in front of like a city hall or something or a town hall. And he talks about like, Hey man, you know, these corporations are destroying the environment. And then they just juxtapose it with just like documentary footage of like oil spills and like people clubbing seals and and all that. And like, (laughs) (laughs) and, 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 you know, in the glaciers melting and stuff. And, um, but apparently, because he, he he directed this thing that that scene it goes on 
<laughs> this thing. <laughs> yeah. He directed this. You just hold the DVD with two yeah, fingers. This, like, this thing. This thing. But he, um, that, that scene goes on for a while. I would say maybe like, I, I, I don't know I'm exaggerating, but like five minutes, right? But originally, yeah. in the original cut, in the director's cut, it oh, went no. on for 40 minutes. And they wow. were like, dude, you have to cut dude. this. Like, you can't. You can't go on for that long. Yeah. It's my fucking movie, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking up movies with the most ham-fisted messages, and yeah. Avatar is number one on this list. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. I'm looking at another one, and I could, I can't believe I didn't think of it. Crash. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like the most. Yeah, guys, we're all separate, but racism is all driving us apart, right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know that guy who the handyman that comes and fix your stuff even though he's from another race he has a family too man you know that yeah. you know that <laughs> he has a family he has a life he has yeah. dreams we're you all know? people you guys yeah. sometimes <laughs> life crashes us you know oh you know? man you see that black man across the street he has a life too he's college educated you know and that yeah. asian guy over there he has a family too he's not just a stereotype <laughs> <laughs> someone wrote here the scene in the dark night where the stereotypical angry black criminal throws the detonator out the window to the chagrin of the also stereotypical fat cat selfish asshole in an attempt to teach us not to judge books by their covers I know it's a superhero movie aimed at teenagers, but it could try to be a little more subtle. Mm, I guess. I mean, but it's just yeah. the, the own project is I mean, they're not dealing with each other. You know what I mean? I'm just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, anyway, sure. but, yeah. But anyway, back to my point, I like movies with questions, not messages. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, leave it open, leave it kind of interesting rather than be like, you guys, oil. <laughs> <laughs> is that fucked up? Yes. That fucked I know. I, yes. You might have heard this story, but Rob Schneider told the story about Steven Seagal um, yeah. hosting SNL. Did you hear this? Uh, I know he's banned from SNL, but I don't remember. Maybe, I mean, yeah, what's the story? It's just a small thing where Rob Schneider was like, uh, uh, he's hanging out in the hallway and Steven, um, Steven Seagal comes out of his dressing room and he goes, I just read the greatest oh, yeah. script I've ever <laughs> read. He goes, oh, really? Who wrote it? He goes, me. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Good for yeah. you, Steven. You keep it up. I, I've heard Go a story with, with Steven Seagal on, on the set of On Deadly Ground where it was like a little kid and he just loved, you know, Steven Seagal or his movies or just movies in general and they were shooting in his town. So I think him and his father, his father was like, can we go to the set? Because it was at, they were shooting at some local bar. So his father says, yeah, go. And something happens where the little kid goes and sees Steven Seagal. He's like, Steven, Steven, I'm your biggest fan or something. And then Steven Seagal like goes, hey, you little fucking brat. Don't you see we're fucking working here or something like that? (laughs) Something of this like nature is his elk. And he was like, yeah, I'm I'm a fucking professional. Don't fucking disturb me, blah, blah, blah. And then he just rides off. And then the kid was like, after that, he was like, fucking yeah. yeah, I mean, you can tell, you can, you can see, you can tell, yeah, you, you can. know what I mean. You can tell. And also, exactly. like, what's the other one? Um, 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 his famous one, Under Siege. So, Under have you seen that one? That's a, that's no. actually good. I mean, it's Die Hard on a battleship, and but and no. that's that, that cast is stacked. Tommy Lee Jones is in it as the bad guy. He's a crazy bad guy. But there's um 
a scene where obviously they have to put in a a, a, a love interest for Steven Seagal because mm-hmm. you know otherwise you know he asked for it <laughs> yeah he asked for it because otherwise you know the audience is gonna think I'm gay man you know <laughs> yeah. but like the scene is she's a stripper obviously and mm-hmm. she has to pop out of this cake and apparently from what I heard like she's just supposed to be in bikini but then Seagal insists no she needs to be topless. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. So, Good you know. Boy. Yeah. So that's the Good type of character he is. Uh, yeah. Um, well, I think that's about it. Um, I do, uh, I feel like next week we should do the big deep uh, Back to the Future episode. Okay. Um, yeah. I mentioned, I mentioned in the beginning that these are about the movies that shaped us. And I don't know if there's any more, any movie that has shaped us more. Cause I watched it this week. I watched back to the future two this week. Yeah. And uh, it's just like, I don't know. I was quoting that line, that movie line for line at points, like even sound effects. He's like, yeah. Uh, um, Go ahead, kid. Jump. Suicide would be nice and neat. <laughs> yeah. I love it. <laughs> Lead point. Click. Lead poisoning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about the police, Biff? They're gonna match that bullet with that with the gun. Kid, yeah, I own the police. I own the police. <laughs> Besides, they didn't match up the bullet that killed your old man. You son you of a son t- of a click. click. <laughs> <laughs> What's it gonna be? Too many flies with the same gun. gun. <laughs> Jumps off. Yeah. Idiot. Yeah. What the <laughs> hell? <laughs> yeah, I can quote that movie from like yeah, it's it's an incredible it's incredible, man. It's incredible. I, and we and we we'll probably talk about it more later, but it's just like I I used to go back and forth as to what I prefer, but I think I do prefer Back to the Future 2 more yeah, than the right. 1 and particularly 3. And, and one thing is because it's particularly in that time, like think about the the other movie, the big movie that takes place in the future, in the late eighties, early nineties, is Blade Runner, right? And yeah. that's just a dystopian future. And and for me as a kid, that was the first time I've seen a, a movie that takes place in the future. Even Dune was out at the same time. That's kind of fantastical, but that was a Terminator first movie. That takes place in the future that was optimistic, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If anything, the pessimistic, the pessimism is in the in the alternate nineteen eighty five, which is really interesting. So, yeah. and it's just just so much happening there. You know, they go yeah. to the future. It's not just a you know, and they could have just done it. You know, they could have just say, oh, we're gonna in the next movie, we're gonna go into the future, and the whole movie takes place in the future. But they didn't do that. They go to an alternate nineteen eighty five, an alternate present, a dystopian present, and then they go back to the original movie the first movie it's like yeah it's really it's pretty ingenious like it's a yeah. pretty stunning like it's also kind of a meta commentary on sequels of like going back to the original to yeah. like and like viewing stuff from a different angle of the first movie it's pretty like i don't know man that's pretty genius to me it's a pretty yeah. interesting idea like and all the future stuff is so cool and like funny like they make jokes about the future like it's like completely tongue in cheek with the future stuff, like um, just having complete fun with it. Um, yeah. Like the movie Jaws 19 directed yeah. by Max Spielberg yeah. or um, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the, like in the way, like now we have um, like retro diners, like Johnny Rockets making, yeah. you know, um, um, you know, that cafe 80s. Yeah, they have the cafe 80s, which is an 80s theme restaurant or cafe. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. And, and like I said, the alternate 1985, where it shows the, you know, time travel is, you know, it could, if it, when it falls into the wrong hands, it could be really fucked up. Like the bad guy can get um, 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 the time machine and, and use it for their advantage. And now you're present in the, the world, you know, um, it, it, it is all fucked up, especially coming from back to the future one at the end where Marty's changed his present for the better, right? His, his yeah. family's like no longer like trailer trash. They're like, n- now they are yuppies. Like they're in Reaganites, yeah. but you know, he's, he's got the truck and he, he, he it's, yeah. he, he's, he's better off, um, compared to how it was in the beginning. So. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah, it's awesome. We'll it, talk. It I mean, we'll talk okay. extensively next week about that. Okay, yeah, because we, we can spend the whole time talking about that. And okay, yeah, in my opinion. Plus, there's also stuff that I heard in an interview with Crispin Glover that I want to bring up. Okay, he's an interesting cat and a weirdo. Yeah, but all that in next week. So stay tuned, guys. Uh, yes. Where can they find you? Uh, people can find me on, uh, on Twitter and Instagram. My handles are Dro Esquire, D-R-O underscore E-S-Q. If anyone has any movie recommendations, um, feel free to throw them my way. If you want movie recommendations, feel free. Um, I have a letterbox out there. I have to find it. I just, I, I haven't, I haven't used it in a while, but I'm going to get back on there. And I realized I was spending too much time writing reviews. So I think my reviews moving forward are going to be like more like haikus. They're going to be short, simple, and um, easy to die digest. So um, that's where, that's where people can, can find me. Yeah. I, uh, I, I agree with that. You got to keep those letterbox. Oh, there's people that write like really extensive ones and that's fine yeah. if you're a reviewer, but like, you know, keep it kind of short and interesting. Um, yeah. yeah. You can find me a uh, Christian Duran SVP on Instagram. Um, ChristianDuranComedy.com for all your Christian Duran needs. Uh, my album King Latifah is streaming on all platforms. Check that out. And my letterbox, letterboxd.com. As if I need to, as if anybody goes to letterbox.com, get the yeah. letterbox app, find Christian Duran on there, and you can see all my movies, all the reviews, all, all the stuff I'm interested in. Yeah. One thing I, I don't think you ever mentioned, you did write a play, right? I did write a play. It's a, uh, to my right, uh, the the poster is to my right. It's called "Race the Movie, the Play." Um, it's a slapstick parody of white savior race movies. So basically, what Scary Movie was to green, uh, Scary Movie was to scream. This is to Green Book. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically, just making fun of all the Oscar bait racial movies. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think we do it pretty smartly. It's not like, you know, this isn't like, dude fucking take down the wokesters man yeah, this is yeah. like i think it's a pretty smart comedy um about the awkward time that we're in and the awkward way that hollywood deals with hmm. the subject of race in movies um and i think it's hilarious and um for more info on that go to race the movie the play.com thanks for bringing that up 
Yeah, no problem. Because there's, I've noticed you didn't bring it up, and I was like, oh yeah, you should, you should bring it up. Um, and that's a, that's a whole nother thing I want to talk to you about. Those like, okay. those race movies. That'll be that'll be really good. But that's for that's for another uh, that's for another, uh, another another episode. Yeah. Right on. All right, man. I'll talk to you next week. All right. Bye. Bye.